0: this week on the RV podcasts seven reasons why you need to do
1: a fall camping trip should you use cruise control when you're towing an RV a woman in Georgia dropped off her RV for repair when she picked it up she found it trashed because squatters had been living in it
0: if you're in elk country give them a wide berth because it's mating season and they can become extremely aggressive
1: All this, plus the RV News of the Week, and your questions coming up in Episode 463 of the RV Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, my dear. Hello, Michael. And uh, back there somewhere is our dog, Bo, who's... Keeping watch (laughs) or taking a nap, as the case may be. Just a quick reminder that you can watch a video version of the RV podcast on our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. There's a player that you can find at RVLifestyle.com or just go straight to YouTube. And if you prefer an audio-only podcast, you can hear us through your favorite podcast app, or listen through a player that's embedded into the show notes for every one of these episodes. You can find that at rvlifestyle.com podcast. So happy September, everybody.
1: I love September. September, October, November, I think are my favorite months of the year.
0: We are going to talk about that in the uh, topic of the week coming up. On kind of uh, We put together seven reasons why you need to go on a fall camping trip. But uh, we uh, absolutely love this time of year. The weather's still warm. Mm-hmm. Nights are... A little great. cooler, usually a little cooler. You don't have to run the A.C. at night in, in much of the country. And uh, the crowds aren't there. And you'll hear all the other reasons why a camping trip is so great. Uh, we are off on a camping trip this week, uh, which will be kind of a three-week adventure for us. Uh, we're doing a big rally uh, for uh, uh, down in Elkhart, Indiana. And then we're going to do some lakeside camping on a fall family camping trip. We're going to follow our own advice.
1: <laughs> and it's going to be great fun.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, so September and October are our favorite months for camping, and we think we can convince you of that in this podcast. Uh, so stay with us on that. Uh, we do have some feedback to share, and I should point out that we love to get feedback from you—comments or questions. You can send them to the to send them to us at our uh, private email address, which is Mike and Jen at RVlifestyle.com. Uh, what do we got this week?
1: Okay, from Gary. Hey there. As children, our family had three different RVs touring the Midwest and West Coast. I decided to purchase a Class C and expose my family to some fun and excitement. Nothing better than jumping in the RV and driving, pulling over wherever, whenever it's time for a beer. We don't <laughs> make reservations unless it's beach camping in Southern California. Then it's a must. Driving around Nevada, Arizona, California, Utah, Oregon, Idaho, and Montana, uh, there's always hundreds of mom and pop, sleepy, hollow RV parks tucked away along the path. One stands out called Friendly RV Park in Weed, California, which isn't so friendly. (laughs) laminated signs everywhere. They hate children and pets. Even asking you to take pics of poop (laughs) and its owner and submitting them at the office. Wow. Anyway, that's the worst place we have encountered in nine years of RVing. In my opinion, it's better than traveling by plane or car. More fun and gives us time to bond with the kids. It's a learning experience. Plus, it's a blast.
0: (laughs) And you get lots of stories like The unfriendly, friendly RV park. Well, I'm sure there's a reason for those signs. And uh, I think that if you ran an RV park for a while, uh, Gary, you'd be tempted to get (laughs) uh, pretty aggressive in uh, saying, don't do that. And uh, there's nothing that gives campers a worse name than people who don't pick up after their dogs. So... I, I know that the signs can be disconcerting, but my sympathies go to the park owner.
1: I'm thinking of a place that we often I, camp I at. I know where you're thinking <laughs> of. And I'm not going to say the name, but there are all these signs, and uh, it's, it's really pretty funny. But I, I give mercy to people who own parks, and they've owned them for a long time, and they're getting up in age, and uh, they're just tired of stepping and doo-doo.
0: You know, I would love to do a story in which we could get a a park to let us come in and be kind of like um hiding behind trees well kind (laughs) of like not hidden camera but kind of uh uh, like maybe volunteer host or something but where we could actually expose all of the stuff that people do uh that uh, give everybody a bad name you know from burning plastic in trash pits and not cleaning up after you know i think you know, I, I, my sympathies go a lot to the park owners.
1: And I'm thinking about a person that I met who used to be a camp host. And she said uh, they got sick of it because she was sick of pulling dirty diapers out of the fire pit. People would you put know, dirty diapers know, in the They're not going to burn. You know, plus oh you shouldn't gosh. burn plastic, and you know, that's just not what you do with them.
0: Well, anyway, uh, thanks for your feedback, Gary. And I'm glad that overall your experience has been great.
1: Yes, that's uh, true.
0: We got this note from Despina. You want to share what Despina had okay, to say Despina for us?
1: Says, In case no one else has recommended this podcast field trip to you i thought i would as you drive from one place to another you will enjoy listening to this fantastic podcast it's a journey through the past and the future of yosemite glacier everglades white sands and gates of the arctic national parks the washington post reporter lillian cunningham's excellent description of the parks create a visual picture as you listen Hopefully you and Jennifer will find it as fascinating as Peter and I did.
0: Thank you, Despina. You know, there used to be an app called Field Trip and I had it. It was really a fun app. It was kind of an immersive, if you were in a park or certain area, they had different trips, you could play it. And as you drove, it told you what you were seeing and the history. Alas, that app has apparently been discontinued. When I checked Field Trip last, I came up with an app that is for psychedelic drugs. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Telling okay. you
0: how to get high on mushrooms and things like that. So, it's not an app that Despina is writing about. It is an actual podcast. So you can do a search under your favorite podcast app for Field Trip, and find out what she's talking about. But watch out for the app called Field Trip <laughs> because, unless you know you uh, psychedelic mushrooms are your things, <laughs> um that's not uh, that's not what I'm recommending. So, anyway, thanks to Despina for uh, sharing that. Uh, You know, speaking of Sharon, we are almost at uh, 220,000 members now on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group, and it has turned into... This encyclopedia-rich uh, resource for RVing with any question, any comments. Sometimes it is not unusual for our comments to get 100, 200, 300, 500, 1,000 comments when people ask questions. And um, one of the reasons why that our, our Facebook group is so popular is because we have this great team of moderators who kind of keep the crazies away and the spammers and the complainers and all the people who, you know, will steal your joy just because that's what they like to do. Uh, Wendy Boyer is one of those moderators and she does a weekly report called social media buzz for us. And she's got some of the hot issues that people were talking about this week on the RV Lifestyle Facebook group.
2: Hi everybody. One post that really got people talking this week was from Marilyn. Marilyn asked, When towing, should I use cruise control? Well, there were more than 435 comments on this and they were all over the place with answers. Some said, yes, use it all the time. Others said, no, never use it. But when you really broke it down, it seemed to be um, a lot dependent upon what type of conditions you were driving in, flat, surface, not a lot of congestion, absolutely use it. But if you're in wet or snowy roads, hilly or mountainous roads, a lot of congestion around, maybe think twice. It was an interesting post um, and it certainly gave Marilyn lots to think about. Next, I'd like to share with you a post that's more of a warning from Frederick. And his warning was what he called a massive Google Maps fail. So what happened? Well, Frederick was driving from Dallas to a place in Oklahoma, and he said he looked, he thought it was a straight shot, so instead of using RV Life Trip Wizard, which he normally does, he decided to just plug in Google Maps on his phone. Well, as he's described it, huge, huge mistake. He's started out driving on a paved normal road and then the next thing you know he was on a gravel road then it became a dirt road there were branches overhead hitting against his rv and then it just ended at a water crossing so he had to turn his travel trailer around with his truck get back to pavement he said it was about 12 miles off course and so he posted this as a warning to everybody and many said they had had similar google maps failed and many others appreciated it And then the last thing I'd like to share with you today is also a tip from experience, and this one's from Angie. Angie said her tip was if you get a flat in one of your travel trailer tires, replace them all. So Angie, she was speaking from experience because she found herself recently standing at the side of the highway trying to keep the traffic away from her husband and his friends while they were changing their second flat tire on their travel trailer. Um, she said that they didn't have any cones to kind of keep the traffic away and she thought she could jump out of the way easier than he could when he's been over on the travel uh, tire. And so another suggestion she had was to carry something like orange cones should this happen to you. So her post got a lot of people talking, hundreds and hundreds, um, and some like Misty said that they had had two travel trailer tires br- go flat on the same day. And others said that they um, love the idea about the cones. In fact, one uh, reader, Suzanne, she said that they carry reflective vests, safety triangles, and flares should they ever find themselves in such a situation. So lots of people appreciated that post. And like David said, this is certainly giving us something to think about. And that is it for me this week. I'm Wendy Boyer, and I'll see you over at the RV Lifestyle Facebook group.
1: I look forward every week. To hearing the highlights of what everybody's been talking about and sharing them with all of you, and uh, such a simple little thing like having orange cones or flares or those triangles or something handy, because chances are somewhere out there you're going to get a flat tire, you're going to break down, and boy, you need all the help you can get.
0: Yeah, I, I'm on that Facebook group probably a half dozen times a day. Whenever I get a chance, I'll jump in and test it, check it out, but. It just amazes me how much information is there and invaluable tips, things that we forget or that we didn't know. Uh, well, one day we'll be back next week with more. But if you're not a member, you can join the Facebook group. Just go to rvlifestyle.com/slash/facebook. All right, you ready to talk about fall camping? Uh huh. Well, we'll do so right after this. As you may know, Jennifer and I bought some land near Nashville, Tennessee. Now, for us, it was the antidote to crowded, expensive campgrounds and the end of worrying about reservations. It's a gorgeous area with friendly people, and it has been such a pleasure. The same developer has some new property in horse country coming up near us for sale September 2nd. It's called the Reserve at High Forest. Big properties, 5 to 67 acres. You can build a house, a cabin, or RV year-round. Prices start at $89,900. It is your property, your way, 100% ownership. And the scenery in this part of Tennessee, it's breathtaking. Garden, landscape, bring your pets, build what you want. There's high-speed internet and it is so private. It's a great place to make your home base ready whenever you want it. They're selling these September 2nd by appointment. Five to 67 acre properties from $89,900. There's great financing and big discounts on multi lot packages. For information, visit rvlands.net. That's rvlands.net. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's time now for our topic of the week. And it's one, as we said at the beginning of the program, is very near and dear to our hearts, and that is fall camping. We start looking forward to fall camping every spring. <laughs> every spring.
1: Yeah, I um, I thought this was really interesting. There was a report that uh, millennials have a high interest in uh, participating in fall camping and that 40% of them say that they're definitely going to do an RV trip in the fall.
0: I wonder how that compares to all RVers in general. I mean, did you ever check that out? I think...
1: Well, 78% of people... Plan on going camping.
0: Seventy-eight percent of the RVers, of all say, RVers
1: they're, say they're going to go camping. Forty percent of millennials—that's just kind of surprising. But yeah. seventy-eight of everybody out there that camps.
0: Well, that is the fastest growing segment. Fastest growing segment—not the biggest segment, but it's getting there. But it's not—it's the fastest growing millennials, and that makes sense because they're coming into age where they can afford to camp, or uh, maybe you know they can get an RV, and um, you know then there's things like the the whole uh, uh, van life movement that began. But uh, that's pretty good. 78% of everybody says they're going to go f- uh, fall camping. Well, if you're not in there, we want to convince you why you should um, because there are so many reasons. And with um, uh, Labor Day now over, uh, we've officially entered the fall camping season and there are so many things that this has this season has going for it. I think my favorite one was when we did and we'll have we'll put a link to it in the show notes, uh, a video we did on fall color in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Remember that?
1: Oh, it was so beautiful, so delightful.
0: Now, uh, in fact, already this is the first week of September with this podcast being released. Already the trees are starting to turn up in the UP. But this uh, the, the last fall color trip we did, it was, I think it was the year before last, do you remember we were crossing the Mackinac Bridge, which separates Michigan's Upper and Lower Peninsula? Do you remember what happened? Oh, yeah,
1: there was fog. So I mean, this you couldn't see anything. It but was- it
0: was like, it was perfect up to the bridge. Yep. You got on the bridge, and bam, there was this fog bank.
1: Mm-hmm. Couldn't see a thing.
0: And as soon as you drove the five miles across the Mackinac Bridge...
1: It was clear again.
0: I mean, just like a curtain. It's just the curtain raised. And it was perfectly clear. And we camped that night at Straight State Park in St. Ignace. And That's
1: one of my favorite places to camp because it's right next to the the bridge. And you can see the lights at night and walk the shoreline.
0: It's and fun. you can take your dog, as long as it's on a leash, on the beach, which is really unusual in many beaches. Yes. But I remember we, we pulled in and we went to the beach and we looked. And you could see that fog bank because the cold water of the Straits of Mackinac under the bridge with the warm air of September, and it uh, had created that fog bank. And it was it was really unusual. It was a lot of fun, I thought. I'll have to put a link to that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about that fog bank and then just thinking about weather in general when you cross over the bridge. Yeah. Usually there's snowstorms. You know, Usually there's something in yeah. the winter. You know, yeah. it's it's never, rarely is it uneventful to cross the bridge. <laughs>
0: um, we are... So excited about fall camp- fall camping because uh, it kind of coincides with a couple of things. Uh, one, of course, it's just easier to camp in the fall than it is any other time. We'll talk about that in a minute. But then we uh, have the Halloween season, which has become a major uh, no vacancy type event for campgrounds around the country. They all seem to be having Halloween parties, and they go every weekend.
1: You can't even get in a park most of them in the month of October. They are book solid. And Halloween, people have so much fun. The kids dress up, the dogs dress up, people pass out candy, people pass out treats for the dogs. Yeah. It's just a party, a festive time.
0: In fact, we can confess, remember last year we went to Addison Oaks mm-hmm. County Park, one of our favorite parks. It's in Michigan, it's uh, up in Oakland County, Michigan. And uh, we just, we, we at that time, we had a Sticks and Bricks house not far from there. And we just went to the park to take Beau for a walk and followed everybody around as they were trick-or-treating at all of the different RVs. And it was so much fun.
1: It didn't take Beau long to figure out that people were giving out, some people were giving out dog treats. He (laughs) was all in.
0: Beau was all in for Halloween. He wants a costume this year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing that we have noticed is that fall tree color is not always the same. And I know you were looking into some of that. Yeah,
1: I decided to check that out. Have, have you ever wondered why some falls, the, the colors are so awesome and other years they seem not to be so awesome? Well, after checking into that, did a little digging from the US Forest Service, we uh, found out that uh, why the leaves are more brilliant sometimes than other times. It's according to uh, the weather. Now, and- I
0: always thought it was the amount of sunlight and when Fall starts, the sunlight is not quite so strong, but it's the weather, huh?
1: Yeah, so warm, sunny days and cool, crisp nights, but not freezing. If it freezes, you're going to lose uh, those leaves. Bring the most spectacular color. And you say, why? And sugars are produced in the leaves during the day, but in the cool evenings, the veins of the leaves gradually close, which prevent the sugar from moving out. So this process, that's why you get the brilliant colors.
0: So the that's why sugar maples yep. ah, are so brilliant. Uh, we have a couple in our yard oh, in our Michigan property that are
1: awesome. We had somebody doing some work on our our propane tank and uh, he took a picture of one of our trees and put it as it... a screensaver because yeah. he thought it was and it so beautiful and it was that beautiful
0: Now what about things like uh drought and and moisture in the soil that that has an effect as well does not Yeah right?
1: the amount of moisture also affects everything late spring or severe summer drought can delay the beginning of fall colors by a few weeks a warm fall can also lower the intensity of the colors and a warm wet spring good summer weather warm sunny fall days with cool nights produce the best displays this is according to the u.s forest service
0: yep well they they should know. They are <laughs> they the Forest know. Service. Uh, well, let's let's go over the... the. We, we kind of put down uh, seven reasons why uh, we think everybody should go camping in the fall. And I know it's hard. Some of you, uh, particularly I think of our friends, our school teachers who have all summer off to travel, but once summer comes, it's really hard for them to get, get time back off. When back, the
1: fall comes, and they got to get back to school.
0: But for the rest of you, if you can get away, whether it's just for a weekend or, better yet, during the week... We've got seven reasons why fall colors and why fall is is uh, the best time I think to go camping. And the first is just what we said, color.
1: Color. I know. I hate going south. I don't like going different places. I want to see those fall colors where you have the seasons.
0: Well, and and normally those are in hardwoods. You mm-hmm. know, when we get, when you get down into Alabama, South Alabama, South Georgia, there are there's some color, in and they have the oaks and stuff, but. Really, it's uh, the middle part of the country and north where you see the best. And, of course, out west, um, you get the spectacular yellows from the aspens, but it is the color. And in Michigan, and the Adirondacks, it's those bright reds and oranges and golds and, and greens still. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: i got to say the lack of crowds. You know, if you go during the week, the That's week reason days, number two. I know. I should have said that. <laughs> reason number two, the lack of crowds. That's just so nice. Usually you can get better spots.
0: So our advice is, because uh, weekends fill up, because we're not the only ones, what, 48% uh, or, or 78% people say they're gonna go camping. So mm-hmm. weekends are still gonna be filled. But if you can get there Sunday afternoon through Friday, you have almost, you're not gonna have nearly the problems of getting a great campsite as you do during the summertime. So fewer crowds uh, because the kids are in school. Uh, And so, you know, you you have a a lot more open spaces and uh, um, fewer neighbors, uh, more nature that you can enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's all good. What's number three?
1: All right. Number three is the weather. Normally in the fall, it's not so hot. And uh, the evenings are cool and pleasant. Usually less humidity means good sleeping weather. Maybe you don't even have to turn on the AC. And
0: there's no bugs well th- but there might be a few moths you that's might see some number moths four. yeah oh well okay number 4 <laughs> lack of bugs that's right uh, but you might see moths you see moths until really a frost hits but, uh, but the mosquitoes black flies what else
1: we don't need to say any more just the black flies and mosquitoes those Nats. W- gnats yeah, yeah those pesky insects Hopefully, you're going to miss all those.
0: Yeah, and people always say, you know, our favorite place, winter, summer, winter, winter, summer, spring, fall, is the Michigan's Upper Peninsula. In the summer, for at least June and July, and even into well into August, you've got black flies and then mosquitoes. Mosquitoes the size of small airplanes. (laughs) Uh, And those problems go away as soon as it starts to get cool in the fall.
1: And I know it's not just Michigan. You know, we've been to New York, Alaska, lots of places, those bugs. Yeah, it's not just Michigan. They're out. It's their prime time.
0: All right, so bugs is number four. What's number five?
1: Number five is it's easier to see the night sky. You uh, don't need to stay up so late at night. You can, <laughs> you know, us... it's dark earlier, so you don't have to stay up till midnight or Wait one or two
0: in the morning. We've been known to stay up till 10 30, 11 o'clock sometimes. We so, are party animals, yeah, as yeah. you can tell.
1: So, so, getting dark earlier, it just lets you enjoy the sky, the night sky.
0: Yeah. uh, And, you you know, I've gotten into taking um, Milky Way photos and you can start taking those about 11 o'clock at night is when they go in the fall. And if you're in the summer, you gotta stay up till two, three in the morning to really get those nice nighttime sky photos, if you like. Uh, So that's number five. What did we say for number
1: six? Number six is it's often less expensive. Often campsites cost less because it's off season especially during the week. Now, weekends, just like hotel rooms, the price can likely go up.
0: Now, when we first started this RV lifestyle about a dozen years ago, um, the, the, everything was really quiet from September on, and many campgrounds even closed earlier. Now they stay open till the middle of October um, in, in cold places, and end of October, and most of the rest of the place. But um, it, it, it was really cheap because there weren't that many people going. Now, Weekends, like you said, they go up, but it is less expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, some of the touristy prices in the towns are down as well because yeah. uh, it's not it's not the height of tourist season. So you get kind of like uh, local shopping prices, which and is good.
1: A lot of places, a lot of stores that are going to close up for the winter have markdowns.
0: Yeah. So, um yeah, that's right. You they wanna clean clearance. out their
1: merchandise like yep. Mackinac Island, which basically shuts down the end of October. They have some great sales. You used up there. to
0: love going in that woman's clothing shop. Yes uh, on the island. And uh, you'd you'd get your whole wardrobe for the year there. Yep,
1: I've been known to do that.
0: (laughs) All right, so that's sixth. The number seven reason why fall camping should be in your plans this year?
1: Special fall activities. We've, uh, depending upon where you camp and uh, many campgrounds have these special activities in the fall, create opportunities that you can only do in the fall, like picking apples, you know, these hay rides. I guess you could do that any time of the year, but... Apples and apple cider, and if you take the grandkids or your kids, they have like Halloween costumes to decorate the dog you know, just lots of uh life in the park.
0: Now, I said there's no bugs, but uh, at Apple Orchards, you'll find bees, bees. yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, we love Apple Orchards. Uh, in fact, we're going to one in just a couple of weeks to do some apple picking. It's just about apple season. Um, you know, the last time we did it, we were shooting a promotional video for um a camping world that was doing a profile yep. on us they were shooting yep. it on us mm-hmm. and they sent this whole film crew and we went they wanted us to go to an apple orchard so we all went to this apple orchard and um bo was with us and bo they didn't know this but bo loves apples so oh, he kept grabbing that apples. he'll take everybody.
1: you down for an apple some dog's a hot dog or hamburger meat but bo loves his apples
0: So apple orchards um, in western Michigan, where we are now, it becomes uh, grape season. So there's a big grape harvest and uh, there's a lot of wineries up and down the coast, uh, the left coast, as we call it, of Michigan, the Lake Michigan shoreline. Uh, Great, uh, great fruit there that you can pick up and wineries and tours and apple orchards. Um, So we're just giving you a quick. Feel of all the places we've mentioned, and I know we're mentioning Michigan a lot because Michigan is just beautiful in the fall. But the Adirondacks, uh, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, the Dakotas, uh, Wyoming, Montana it gets a little more yellowy, but the colors in the fall and the crisp air just get out there into it. And then, um, middle of October, uh, down south, Tennessee, Kentucky uh the carolinas across the smokies uh missouri and the ozarks all of that is spectacular the golden wheat fields of kansas in uh, in the fall are spectacular uh didn't we do a uh, cattle drive in kansas in the fall
1: we did and i don't think i've ever had so much fun in my life
0: yeah yeah i and this we'd show you uh where it was but they quit taking they used to have rv spots and we did a gathering there actually mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe somebody else will do those someplace again. But that was really fun. But all those, Colorado, I didn't mention Colorado, Utah, Arizona. All, everybody has spectacular fall stuff. But for us, it's the big color. And I'm, we're going to put this a link in the show notes for this episode of our fall UP color tour. And we'll show you that. Fog Bank on the Mackinac Bridge that we crossed. And you can find that. It'll be uh, in the uh, in the show notes for this episode, rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts, and check it out. So bottom line, get out there and do some fall camping, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are leaving Friday to start our uh, three-week series. And then uh, we've got really all the way through the end of October, we've got a big trip that we're doing. We're doing a rally next week, a family camping trip on uh, some lakefront land in Indiana after that. Then we've got our, um, the first week of October, our uh, RV Lifestyle Music City meetup in fall in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to the Grand Ole Opry. After that, we've got kind of a gathering at the Woodlands, uh, 90 miles uh, west of Nashville, where we'll be hanging out with some of our friends who have uh, bought RV property there. And I think we can make our way slowly down into um, into Florida and enjoy uh, October on the beach, Couple which is weeks. Mm-hmm. So get out there and go camping. RV news of the week that's coming up next. Stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer: Battleborn batteries. Battleborn mm-hmm. batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to RVLifestyle.com slash lithium. RVLifestyle.com slash lithium.
1: Welcome back. And now it's time for the RV News of the Week.
0: Well, at least uh, 10 Florida campgrounds uh, in the path of Hurricane Idalia last week uh, were closed temporarily, uh, mostly because they lost electricity, but all are now open again. They opened up this week. Uh, So this is a lucky blow for the uh, campgrounds. It didn't really hit them as hard as the previous uh, hurricane did last year. Uh, ideally it was a category three we were reporting it last week uh, came ashore near Keaton Beach about 75 miles uh, south east of Tallahassee uh, we were there last year at this time at Keaton Beach and watched the sunset there I remember taking some great photos uh, they suffered and Cedar Key some damage our friends in Perry Florida uh, had some damage but uh, most of the campgrounds in the state didn't suffer serious harm And overall, the Florida campground industry was extremely lucky, Um, and uh, all the surveys show that uh, uh, the campgrounds have have pretty much reopened now. Uh, Fifteen state parks were closed. Uh, Most of those have been reopened now. And then, of course, Idalia swept across Georgia, South Carolina as a tropical storm, brought a lot of flooding and downed trees. All this is to remind you that we are still in hurricane season, tropical storm season, and it affects Florida, the Carolinas, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas. So if you are in those areas, uh, at least until November, make sure you pay particular attention to the weather forecast
1: and now we've got a story of the poor woman in georgia she dropped off her three-year-old travel trailer at a camping world in woodstock in june for a broken heater and a faucet repair and then when she picked it up two months later wait a minute
0: a broken water heater and a faucet repair took two months yeah apparently huh <laughs>
1: wow. When she picked it up 2 months later the t- the trailer was trashed. When she when she first opened the door of her travel trailer, she immediately smelled cigarette smoke and that's not a good sign because nobody in her family smoked. And then she noticed trash was on the countertops, which she had left her trailer clean, and the bed linens were on the bed, which uh she didn't leave any bed linens on the bed. Like was like somebody sleeping was it. sleeping there. And uh, so then, you know, she checked it out more, and she discovered some of her towels and camping gear were gone, missing. And uh, the woman said it appeared someone had been living in her trailer while it was at the dealership for repairs. I think that's everybody's nightmare.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Camping World at first offered to pay for the damage, but then eventually they ended up buying her a new trailer, which I think sounds very reputable.
0: Well, you know, some of those... Uh, rv dealer lots are so big and you know mm-hmm. you, you may put the you're gonna the ones waiting for repair could be way in the back and and probably nobody right. saw them right um uh, but wow well i'm glad that they uh, they settled up and bought her a new trailer but she lost two months waiting for pretty simple repairs mm-hmm. another reason why we tell everybody um use rv mobile techs for if you can if you possibly can you will get faster service and excellent service from them so Wow. Uh, well, September, as we've been telling you, is here. And uh, not only is it great camping season, but it's also time for bears and wildlife. To be pretty active, bears are starting to go on their edathon, their annual edathon, trying to put on as much as they can before their annual winter hibernation. Uh, and uh, across uh, bear country, uh, federal officials from the Bureau of Land Management and National Park Service all warning people: uh, just uh, be very bear aware. Don't leave food out. Uh, the governor of Montana uh, declared September to be Bear Aware Month. And in Lake Tahoe, uh, experts uh, were all over the news urging visitors to be safe when they're camping in bear country. Um, but uh, you have to really take particular care of it. And uh, that's not all. There are other animals that you got to watch out for. And uh, that's your story.
1: All right. Uh, uh, Parts of the Rocky Mountain National Park are going to be closed certain times of the day from now until October 31st because this is the elk mating season, also called the rut. The park closes meadow areas in uh, Horseshoe Park, Upper Beaver Meadows, Moraine Park, Harrisburg Meadows, Hawsworth Meadows from 5 p.m. Until 10 a.m. Strange hours, to keep the visitors from disturbing the elk.
0: Well, they do need a little privacy, please. <laughs> I was
1: just thinking, 5 uh, p.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> well, from uh, dark, you
0: know. It's, yeah. But, but that, a lot of people will go out at sunset because you can always, you know, the elk will come out and feed, and you want to get pictures. But a big reason is these animals are extremely aggressive. Elk are uh, the the female elk. In the spring, late, early summer, spring when their calves are born, and then the male (laughs) elks during the rut. So they can be incredibly aggressive. Uh, So um, watch out for it. Now, did they, what about other parts? There's, There's a lot of that area is, you know, hiking and fishing area.
1: Well, they had to close those areas too. You can't get back there fishing and get out of there in time. I guess they're figuring. So they just closed the fishing areas in the park.
0: All right. So there you go. Watch out for the wildlife. All right. We got an RV question for you that we'll answer right after this. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure in your RV? Our RV lifestyle travel guide eBooks are your ultimate companions for exploring North America's most breathtaking destinations. They'll help you hit the road with confidence and make the most out of your RVing experience. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendland, and we are passionate explorers and the authors of an entire library of RV Travel Guide e-books. We have meticulously put together detailed travel maps showing you the best routes, where to stay, what hidden gems to discover along the way. From the majestic Yellowstone National Park to the vibrant colors of Colorado, the awe-inspiring beauty of Utah, the enchanting deserts of Arizona, the tranquil Great Lakes region, the pristine wilderness of the Adirondacks. We've even done a captivating three-part guide to RV travel and camping in Florida. No matter where your wanderlust takes you, we've got you covered. Our curated list of must-see attractions ensures that you won't miss out on any unforgettable experiences. You want to witness the eruption of Old Faithful? We've got you covered. Craving an epic road trip through breathtaking landscapes? We've got the perfect route for you. Dreaming of beachside camping under the stars? We know the best spots. With our ebooks available for instant download at rvlifestyle.com/books, you can have the knowledge you need right at your fingertips. Head over to rvlifestyle.com slash books and start exploring the wonders of North America today. Unforgettable adventures are waiting. Welcome back, everybody. It's time now for our RV Question of the Week. And we remind you that we love to get your questions and your comments. You can reach us through our private email, which is mikeandjen at rvlifestyle.com. What's our question this week?
1: Okay, from Ken and Pam. First off, let me say that my wife Pam and I love to watch your videos on YouTube. We are brand new campers in the early stages of retirement, and the info you share is so very helpful. We have a 21-foot Coachman Spirit travel trailer that we tow with our Chevy Colorado. We have only been out a couple of times since the start, starting a couple months back of their uh, camping. Pam and I want to plan a trip out west from Kentucky where we live in late April or early May next year we're trying to figure out just how to go from there and being able to stay in campgrounds along the way folks say you need to reserve your spots ahead of time but if you don't know just how long you might stay in a location based on what's there to see just how do you schedule and reserve ahead or do you just risk finding a place along the route We are not boondockers by any stretch, so just pulling off the road somewhere may not work for us. We would love to hear what you have to say about our trip planning. We are also subscribers to the RV Life Pro and really like that app. And this is Keith and Pam.
0: Well, thank you, Keith and Pam. Uh, We love that app, too. We'll put a link Mm -hmm. to RV Life Pro. Um, It's one of the ones we recommend. It really helps you find campgrounds. Well, that's a great question, and it's a question that we have struggled with because our preferred style of travel is serendipity. You know, we hate making reservations.
1: We do, but, you know, sometimes you just have to.
0: So I guess our suggestion would be is, you know, you have to first determine how many miles you're going to go a day. And you know our recommendation, which is uh, take it slow, don't uh, drive everything at once. Uh, try not to go over 330 miles and or stop at 3.30 in the afternoon, local time, wherever you're going. That way you're not exhausted and you have time to see stuff. But uh, So use RV Life Pro or any travel planning app and make a list of all the campgrounds around there.
1: You know, we've even had people suggest that they only go like two hundred and twenty miles,
0: or even less than Yeah,
1: they just want to take their time and enjoy. You're retired, so put on your retired mindset and don't be too excited that here we go. This is we got to see it all in thirty days.
0: So uh, you make a list of it. Make a reservation, obviously your first night, and and then. Uh, you want to start looking at things you might want to see in the area. Research the area you're going to. And you might see there's like four or five things we want to stay here. We want to see. Then, you know, that's a three-night stay maybe, three or four-night stay. So so book that. But then you want to, as you continue along, you're going to be discovering new things. You're going to meet people in those campgrounds who are going to tell you all sorts of stuff. Oh, did you see this? you got to go see this when you get up that way. And that's where you want to have a list of alternates. Harvest Hosts. Yes. Uh, We can save you 15%, I think, uh, right now is our discount. If you go to rvlifestyle.com slash HH. But Harvest Hosts, you can find places to stay. Uh, Boondockers Welcome. uh, Those are often free, usually free. Those are people who will let you stay in their property, on their property. Oftentimes, they even have hookups. So be aware that there are alternates to the campgrounds if they're all filled. Um, And then they didn't... They say they're not boondockers by any means, but really it's boondocking's not that hard.
1: Yes, and what I'm thinking about is be weekend aware and uh. be aware of heavily populated areas, extremely popular places. Be aware of that. Have a little plan B. Be so, aware, like the harvest Host and everything that you've said.
0: Sure, uh, and, and if you're going to be, so you're going to be on the road, say on a Thursday. Well, a lot of people start booking weekend places on Thursday, so you may want to have a reservation Thursday night, and then of course Friday, Saturday nights are always busy. <laughs> um, if you want to take a chance without a reservation, Sunday nights you can usually find a spot and Mondays so uh, I think that's really a good tip being weekend aware so you can get your reservations for weekends uh, and then you know if you get a spot try and keep it for a weekend more and more parks are making you rent the whole weekend now too by the way
1: and you know it sounds a little scary boondocking but if you're caught in a tight place and you can't find a place to go a cracker barrel or there's Walmart or there's a lot of places you need to be checking that out don't just park there but there are places that you can pull in which I don't think would threaten you. Be careful about rest areas because a lot of rest areas won't let you spend the night, especially with that travel trailer. but and the truckers they need those spots too. So you'll figure it all out, but um, don't be worried
0: but yeah, be be flexible, be aware of weekends, have alternates like camp uh, like uh, harvest hosts and uh, boondockers welcome and um you and make your reservations for when you think it's w- w- when you think it's going to be harder to find a spot make those in advance
1: and i got to say the first trip we went on we wasted spots cuz we booked everything yeah. in yellowstone and then we didn't have cell reception and we couldn't cancel and it was a little bit of a mess
0: our first year was a disaster cuz I, pres- <laughs> I we we booked everything we could and mm-hmm. It took us maybe the first, you know, as we started driving west, you know, we, we made that first thousand miles fine. But then we decided, oh, well, gosh, we don't want to stay one night. We want to stay two. And then what do we do about those reservations? And then you got to cancel them. And and, uh, and then, you, then you don't have a place to stay when you start traveling again. So you, you really have to come up with a plan that works for you.
1: Should I remind you that that first trip too we had all this media coverage? Oh gosh. And that was we a had to be here and we had to be there so we could make these appearances here and there or be interviewed and that uh we, we, yeah. we
0: were we were that we had just started off.
1: It was our first trip.
0: And uh I think we were at that time uh working with uh family motor coach, FMCA. It's now FMCA, but it used to be called Family Motor Coach, and they had booked a media tour for us as we traveled across the country, and uh, so we did interviews as we traveled along. And then uh, their PR guy or their whoever was setting them up called us, and he said we were in Casper, Wyoming, and he said, "Hey, I have an opportunity to go live at uh, on the noon show in um, where was it? It was in um,
1: it was too far away. Wherever it was, it was in was. Des
0: Moines, <laughs> Iowa." <laughs> Tomorrow, I said, okay, I'll do it. We drove from Casper, Wyoming. It was a brutal drive. Got there for the noon show, went on live. We were on for seven minutes, and that was it. And we got out of there, we looked at each other, and we said...
1: And we're still married.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did that for seven minutes, you know. But, um, oh well. And then we found, then we went back. We actually backtracked because we missed so much driving from, from there. All that's to say is don't overcommit and, um, you know, you can be more casual than, than you might initially think, right?
1: Well, you always make life exciting.
0: Well, I, that was a lesson learned. <laughs> no more Des Moines, Iowa, uh, TV at noon (laughs) when I'm in Casper, Wyoming the day before. All right. Hey, those are our questions. And uh, we thank uh, Keith and Pam for the kind note. And we invite you to send us your questions or your comments. You can reach us at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. That's the podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with more. Go camping this fall.
1: Happy trails.